It's okay that weird co-worker of yours doesn't listen to American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. This is a show for smart people. Should government, in the role of a central planner of sorts, micromanage how and when you spend your money? Now, before you say, that's ridiculous, Mike. That may sound ridiculous, but it's been tried before, and one of the world's economic powers may try it again. Could that kind of control come to the United States? And the big question, what could it mean to you? I'm Mike Ferguson. This is American Viewpoints. The American Institute for Economic Research's Peter Earle published an interesting article over the last week. Make no mistake, programmable digital currencies are weaponizable money. I know that sounds complicated, but we're going to explain it right now because Peter joins me. He's an economist with AIER. And Peter, thanks for the time this weekend. Appreciate you being on the show. So set the stage for me. You use the term digital currency. Is that similar to or the same thing as what people think of as cryptocurrency? Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, No, they're different. Um, A digital currency uh, is generally... Uh, essentially the electronic equivalent of whatever the currency would be in a given country. Um, There's a digital uh, euro under development and China just uh, introduced a digital yuan. And they're they're basically the electronic equivalent of the cash that people would use in a given country. They're centrally uh, issued by central banks and uh, they, 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 they are used in pretty much the same way as any other currency would be. And so when we talk about the government planning it, and I say this has been done before, you point out in your article that there's a, I guess, a proposal or there have been times when government has said, we're going to put an expiration date on your money. Why would they do that? Yeah, it's a, it's a curious and very wonky uh, monetary policy and monetary history anecdote that a, an economist named Silvio Gassel um, during uh, the Great Depression, remembered having seen um, just all of these uh, different places. It was actually before the Great Depression when he noticed it, that during times of economic upheaval or uh, slowing economic growth, uh, he thought what was necessary to, was to spur consumption. And that uh, a lot of observers at that time saw uh, essentially people holding on to their money not spending it. Uh, it was called hoarding. Uh, it's a term I don't like or agree with, but the idea that spurring consumption would bring uh, an economy out of the of a depression or recession uh, led people to think that, and led Silvio Gassel to try to design a, uh, a, a, a mechanism called demurge. And so demurge is, the original term comes from uh, loading ships so that if you loaded a ship within a certain amount of time, you'd get the full amount. If it took you three quarters uh, as long or half as, as long, I could say you wanted to load it a day, um, it would cost a certain amount. If it took you a day and a half, you'd receive less. And after two or three days, you'd receive nothing. And the idea was that currency, this is now, now back during the Great Depression, we didn't have digital currencies, but we had paper currencies. The idea was that all money would need to be stamped after a certain amount of time. Otherwise, uh, it wouldn't be usable. So the idea was it would give people a lot of pressure to spend their money in a certain amount of time. And the government could tailor that amount of time to basically spur the amount uh, of spending that they wanted to. Uh, And that, of course, promotes consumption and promoted consumption allegedly in via one uh, school of economic thought makes growth, uh, spurs on growth and then can bring a nation out of a recession or whatever. And it would also penalize savings and investment, I would think as well. That's absolutely right. 
And does that have to, from, I guess, a philosophical perspective, assume that the government actually owns the currency and owns the money that we earn? And that's something that I would think a lot of Americans would would bristle at in a huge way. Oh, yeah. I mean, the very fact that, that we have legal tender laws and that uh, um, the government's a monopoly issuer of the currency makes very clear that uh, there's a view that uh, the money that we that we have is really only on loan and uh, it can be changed. And it's uh, both quantity and quality can be changed uh, as per, you know, whatever the central bank or government dictates. We're visiting with Peter Earle, an economist with the American Institute for Economic Research. Let me talk about the word weaponizable that you used in that headline. What do you mean by that? And what are some of the risks that we should keep our eye on if we start to see from a global perspective, uh, governments going to a digital currency or trying to take over cryptocurrency in some way? What what does weaponizable mean? So to the extent that some of these new uh, central bank digital currencies are programmable, Um, We have a long history of seeing policies that were well-intended or beneficial eventually kind of turn to dark and nefarious purposes. And uh, the damage feature, uh, which is is meant to spur consumption and increase velocity and and penalize savers, I think could very easily become a weapon. It could be used to target groups of people. Everything from uh, uh, individuals who are deemed not uh, uh, either upholding some social value or or holding uh, certain opinions, um, you know, it, it, this could become almost like a fine, um, and and it would it, used in that way. It would also have this sort of um, it would carry this uh, sort of this frightening that you know we're punishing people, but we're also spurring on the economy. So um, in some countries, for sure, uh, you could see either uh, people deemed uh, not, not supportive enough or, or unsupportive of the national goals or other things like that being punished by having their savings uh, in, in a certain encounter or, or whatever it is winnowed down and being targeted by uh, that demurge. So I think that uh, however well-intended it is, if it is, um, like so many other things, it could easily become a tool of oppression. Yeah, and Peter, we've read stories about the social credit ideas from countries like China, but there may be somebody saying, yeah, that sounds awful. That sounds exactly like something a communist country would do. But in the last minute or so we've got, is this something that could ever possibly come to the West or specifically to the United States? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I since uh, the Fed has spent, this is the U.S. Federal Reserve I'm talking about, has really sort of tested every tool in its arsenal uh, over the last 20 years. And they've, uh, you can see in some of their research um, that they view the zero bound, which is to say they can't, um, at least easily, they can't lower rates uh, to below zero. Um, since they've indicated that as a, as a limitation, um, they're always on the lookout for what are called unconventional monetary policy um, routes or, um, or, 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 or programs, uh, negative interest rates, uh, demerge, which are really actually closely related, all of those sorts of things um, would be much more easily accomplished um, and easier to test if we had uh, uh, programmable digital currencies. And also, I'd add, if we completely got rid of cash, because right now, one of the limitations to how widely uh, usable some of these um, digital currencies would be, or the, some of these uh, newly programmed uh, uh, methodologies, would be if people could just 
move money out of their accounts from digital to cash. So a cashless economy would be a large step towards being to, able to unleash some of these unconventional policy uh, initiatives. And the article is called Make No Mistake, Programmable Digital Currencies Are Weaponizable Money. And you can find it by looking up the American Institute for Economic Research, and you'll find that article there. Peter, really appreciate the uh, information. It's both fascinating and a little bit scary, too. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, speaking of money, is who and what you donate to anybody else's business? The U.S. Supreme Court is taking up that question and what they decide could have a huge impact on groups from all different perspectives. Find out why just ahead on American Viewpoints. Liberal, conservative, moderate, libertarian. However you see the issues, your opinion is welcome here. Join the American Viewpoints community on Facebook.